My name is Christopher McKinnon, and you're listening to the Notes from Dad to Son podcast. A podcast from a dad who's still trying to figure it all out in time for his son being old enough to start asking questions. Welcome to Notes from Dad to Son, episode 46. And I appreciate that this episode comes after quite a wee hiatus from previous episodes. And the reason being for that is it's been, how to put it, a really fucking stressful couple of months. So, what's been going on? Well, I moved house, finally. So, I'm in my new place. And getting there, it just seems there was one thing after another thing to deal with. I think the last thing that I was speaking about was the last kind of catastrophe that happened along the way was the guy crashing his car through the back fence. Anyway, so. Among other things, there was a shortfall in the finances for a bit because the, the quotations I got from the solicitors for the sale and the, the, um, the purchase of my new place were a wee bit different from what the final quote ended up being. So consequently, I had to borrow some cash from my dear old mother and that's greatly appreciated and you know just another another fact of life that you know you never stop being away although you've got wings yourself you know think you're all grown up and all that these things happen I suppose Um, what else Aye, about 21 days before the the sale was concluded, also received the second dose of the Pfizer, is that how you say it? Pfizer um, COVID vaccine. And although I didn't have any side effects from the first dose, the second dose, for that, I woke up during the night, following about four o'clock in the morning, and I was too hot and I couldn't cool down, and my heart was racing, so I had to take some paracetamol and a uh, long cool drink and all that, and just had a headache that carried with me throughout the remainder of the day. So that was a bit unpleasant, but. You know, nothing really to panic about or write home about, but in the the days and weeks leading up to that, I'd heard horror stories from other staff members about how ill they felt after getting a second dose, and nobody really seemed to have the the same side effects, the same kind of things, just that people generally felt unwell or 
were sore or couldn't sleep and things like that. Aye, so what else? Let me think, let me think. Yeah, so Caroline was staying overnight um, on a weekend and she texted me about half seven in the morning, not long after she'd arrived at that place. Uh, the previous flat I'm talking about here to say that the boiler was dripping and that's something that had happened a couple of times in the time that I stayed in that flat but you know not really wanting to rush up to the flat with Fraser and disturb Caroline while she's sleeping I said right okay is it dripping bad you know put some towels down or whatever if it's only dripping a wee bit so she said it'd only been dripping a wee bit and when she woke up later on she said it seemed to have stopped. Oh, that's fine. I had taken Fraser out to the park and along the way I'd arranged for uh, a boiler cover guys to you know, book in an appointment to come out and see about it. But he didn't class it as an emergency because uh, you know, it'd only been dripping a wee bit. A couple of hours later, Caroline called me back to say, aye, it's still dripping quite a lot, and the floor's very wet. She'd mopped it up as best as she could with the towels, and I'd put a bucket underneath. So I got back in touch with the boiler repair team. Just as I'm about to phone them, the downstairs neighbour texted me to say that she's got water pouring through her ceiling. So that can get the thing upgraded to urgent at least. But I'm just thinking at that time, this is not what I need when I'm just about to conclude the sale. And uh, as usual with these things, they can stop the damn thing from leaking, but they can't totally fix it on the day it needs a part and all that so it was a few days before the guy had been able to come back out and and put the put the part in place and all that so you know that was a, a huge pain to have to deal with and particularly because my downstairs neighbour was you know planning and moving her mother in with her to look after her and she was going to be sleeping in the room immediately below where my boiler was leaking and uh, all the while I'm getting back and forth from solicitors and text messages from my buyer you know asking if everything's alright I'm like yes everything's fine you know all proceeding smoothly as planned but the wee guy, he'd, he texted me, you know, initially he'd said to my solicitor that he was flexible with the moving date and my vendor had said they were flexible with their, their date as well. So I'd suggested the 18th of March and my solicitor got in touch with everybody and 
And then suddenly it wasn't all right. He wasn't flexible anymore. He was saying, oh, I need to be out of my place. Uh, by the 7th of March, can we do the 5th? I said, well, no. Because I've already arranged for the time off for that. That date and just the way Caroline's shifts were running, she would need to be staying overnight there right up until basically that date, give or take a couple of days. So that was fine, he ended up staying somewhere else after the 5th, stayed with a pal or something like that. But he was also asking if he could move his stuff into my flat after the 5th but before the 18th <laughs> and I said no you can't you know I can't be liable for somebody else's property you know before you know the sales concluded and all that rubbish so that was fine but it just seemed like every single step along the way after that point it was like more hoops and more paperwork to produce and my bank is you know it's a unique bank and it doesn't have a single branch anywhere in the, in the planet it's an online bank only really so when your solicitor is asking you to produce original statements and everything's paperless you have to order them, you have to wait for the originals to come in and you know they don't tell you in a timely fashion yeah we'll need this statement and we'll need that so two weeks before I'm meant to be concluding the sale it's like we need these statements showing where all your funds are coming from if you're using your savings and that they've been invested at least six months prior to uh, being transferred because you know, I had a a balance of like nine grand or something um, of my own savings and and whatnot to transfer. I figured transfer them out of my ISAs into my savings account and then just transfer them from my savings account directly to my solicitors would be fine. Only problem is my savings account doesn't let you transfer out to anything other than the current account. Which then meant I had to show statements from the two ISAs for the previous six months, which was fine for one account, but for the other, um, you know, they don't have a branch anywhere near, uh, because that was an online ISA as well, and the closest that I could get for that was the Clydesdale Bank which had been taken over in part by Virgin Bank so there was a lot of to and fro to eventually get paper statements sent to a branch in Paisley where they could then be stamped and I figured for the first direct um, statements that I could take them to HSBC who apparently have some kind of link with First Direct and how accounts are managed. So, three days before the sale, I'm up at Glasgow 
at HSBC trying to um, get them to do a print-out of statements for me only to find that they don't have anything to do with my account or First Direct. And I says, well, if I get, you know, PDFs printed out, will you stamp them? They said, no, we'll not do that. Because we don't do that, and we'll never do that. And we've never done that, so you're on your own, basically. <laughs> Fantastic. That was a completely wasted journey, all the way up to Glasgow and back again. And, uh, you know, backwards and forwards with solicitors saying, right, this isn't going to be a thing. I can give you PDFs in the meantime, but we'll need to request paper copies, but they'll no be on time kind of thing. Gotta just give me the details and I can, you know, provide the exchange now anyway and I can give you a screenshot of the transfer having taken place so that was alright then when it came to moving itself you know my solicitor had said make it so that you're out of your flat in the early morning because we aim to have you know the whole thing done and dusted by lunchtime time that fine so organise that and the removal guys come and they say, right, do you have the keys for your new place? And I said, no. I expect to be able to just go into um, the estate agents and collect them. And then move on from there. And they said, well, the reason we're asking is because we're going to charge you £50 an hour after the first 15 minutes once we arrive at your new place. I said, well, that's great. I'll manage that somehow and we'll just need to take it from there so five hours later my solicitor tells me that the sale has been concluded completely all the funds are transferred and I'm wondering why has this not happened sooner turns out they didn't actually request the funds to be transferred the day before they requested them on the morning and they said they were normally would be quick so there we go they didn't request them in time so hours of waiting and being charged for the privilege so Caroline lent me £200 and that's thankfully what the guys just charged me on the day and they said five hours is too long so you can pay us in cash at 200 or you can pay the app and it'll be 250 either way we'll get paid but you know so I paid them in cash and that was all fine and the guys really were super helpful and did everything really professionally so that was good so yeah, the past eight weeks or ten weeks or however long it's been since the last episode just been really stressed I, I kept wanting to do an episode in between but I didn't want it to be a pure weekly moan fest about the process of selling the flat and everything that was coming up along the way and figured I would just wait until I had the time so I would moved in you know there's the niggly things that end up having to deal with 
So, first of all, the energy supplier that I was with, well, still am technically with at the moment, you know, I have smart meters installed, but the meters were set to pay as you go, so there are these cards that you're meant to use to top up, and I'm like, ugh, don't want that. Change that, please, to direct debit, which is done. Only thing is the direct debits are for electricity and gas. There needs to be a £30 minimum for each. In my old place, <laughs> my direct debit is like £31 for the, the gas and electricity combined, just based on the usage, as they said. You can probably reduce that later on. So I said to them, that's fine, but do you do a dual fuel tariff? They do not. Great. So I'm in the process of switching to another supplier that does dual fuel tariff, but also they have boiler cover and they have plumbing cover and all that kind of stuff added in. And the direct debit is going to be about £52 or something like that. So that's in progress. There's the, all, the, all the usual changing of uh, address details for everywhere that you need to remember to update and all that. So I think I've done most of that apart from my GP practice. Tonight I've updated the electoral register with my new details as well, so I should get a new card out. Um, shortly but aye niggly things niggly things that you don't really notice until such time as you you, you try things out so my bath, the cold tap turns only a wee bit and the cold water doesn't come out I suspect probably the tap needs a new washer or something like that that'll get dealt with soon um, one of the windows in the kitchen it does the lock properly so I'll get that dealt with and in Fraser's room the the right hand side window Caroline's a bit wary about the mechanism there so we've just kept it locked and it will still be locked uh, for the duration fortunately my sister knows a guy who can give us a good quote on the on the changing of doors and windows and things like that so you know I'm saving up for a bunch of things but also to pay back uh, pay back my mum and pay back Caroline as well so doing all the things to try and make a bit of extra money on the side you know filling in surveys still doing tarot readings and transferring the money whenever that goes through. And disappointed this week to discover that the government's extra £500 bonus kind of payment to people who work in care and uh, the NHS isn't going through this month's wage as I'd anticipated it would. So I'm already £500 lighter in this wage ahead than I was expecting. So apparently it's going to be in for the next wage, but we'll see. You know, just 
we'll get there but there's like little setbacks that just keep cropping up fortunately there's no major rush to pay everybody back everybody's telling me but you know having money to pay things back uh, you'd like to be able to do that as quick as you can but all these other things getting in the way of that uh, fortunately I've moved and I've moved at a time where you know I don't need to worry about um, you know drafts and windows and things like that because you know we're heading towards spring and towards summer so anyway the main priorities at the moment is sorting the windows and the the front door which is a bit of a gap over that but you know I'm thinking that guy can sort that out eventually so that's my little update <laughs> expect regular episodes I said this the last time didn't I expect episodes to be a bit more regular I mean things have kind of calmed down so hopefully I can at least get one out a week from here on in alright so until next time take care